Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Sherman Dafiomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachet Babakama, Perak Tet Mishnah Bet, which is found on Daf Tzadi Vav Amudet. And we will take a look at the first part of this Mishnah. We'll study the whole thing because it really is a composite, but uh, then we will uh, analyze it over the course of several podcasts. This is uh, the first part of this Mishnah, something we already encountered in our previous discussion. Gazal behimav hizkina. So now we're going to talk about depreciation as opposed to appreciation. Stole an animal and then it became aged to the point where it's no longer able to do its former level of work or any work. Havadim vihizkina. The same thing with slaves. Mishalim kishat hagzela. Chachamim's position is you have to pay for the original amount. Amir amir bavadim omer lahori shalchalafanecha. As far as the avadim go, you give it back to back to the original uh, the nigzal. Now, gazamat be'avnistak, if you stole a coin that became cracked, perot verkivu, or fruit that became rotten, yain v'chmitz, wine that went sour, mishalim kashat you have to pay as per the original amount. In other words, these are things that are depreciated but still around. Matbe'avnifsal, but if you have a coin that became invalid, and we'll see different approaches to what that may mean, trumavnitmeit, so truma became tamei, chometz vavala pesach, which is now asr uh, or an animal that was used for bestiality, or some other way, it was an animal that was set aside for korban, and now it was nifsal mialamizbeach, or shahita yotzeitli sakel, and now it was going to be stoned for killing. You just give it to him and say, here it is. Now, the second set are things in which they become totally useless for their original function, not just depreciated. We'll see a piece of this in this podcast and a piece in the next. Amara Papa. First of all, when you talk about the animal getting old, it doesn't really have to get old. Even if it just became depleted or weakened. Ivan and his kina tan, but says his kina, implying that it has to be aging. Meaning it could be weakened in a way that's just like old, meaning the Lohadar Bari. In other words, if it got weak in a way that you could feed it and restore it to itself, then it's not hizkina. But hizkina, of course, as we all know, is a one-way direction. You get old, you can't get young again. So if it became weakened in a way that could not be restored, that's like hizkina. So he asked Ravashi, I mentioned in the previous podcast, we'd see this again. If an animal matures from being a kid to a goat, for instance, then that is a shinui in his hands, and it's considered a kinyan, and therefore, and therefore he's not chayiv arba chamisha because it's his own animal that he's killing. Amar lei, so Rashi said back to him, didn't I tell you to be careful not to switch authorities, meaning to quote something in some person's name that's really another person's? As we saw in the previous podcast, that real halacha was really taught not in the name of Yochanan, but in the name of Rabbi Elah. Amiila, by the way, the father of Rabbi Yehuda, the Tana. Now, that's in our Mishnah. So Rav says a surprising thing that we follow Rabbi Meir. Rav leaves the majority and, and rules like Rabbi Meir that with Avadim you can hand them back. So I'm Mishum the Breita Ipchatanya because the Breita had an opposite version. Isn't the whole purpose of the Mishnah to be the canonized version? So if a Brita has one version, a Mishnah has another version, you should always favor the Mishnah. Why take the Brita? The answer is, Rav Rab also learned the Mishnah in the opposite way, as we saw in the previous podcast, no podcast ago, 
that uh, Rav uh, t- learned this Mishnah opposite, that Rav Meir is the one who says, you pay everything Kishat HaGzela, and Chacham is the one who says that Avadim Yisera Shachal Fanecha. So why did Rav then go and change his version of the Mishnah based on the Brayta? Why doesn't he take our version of the Mishnah and then change the Brayta to fit it? So Amri Rav because Rav also originally learned the Mishnah in the reversed order. Another possibility is when do you not switch a bright a Mishnah to fit a Brayta? That's when it's one and one. But when you have two brightot that have the same approach, then you'll change the Mishnah to fit it. And here we're going to see the second brighta. If somebody swaps a para for chamor, and then the para gives birth, we saw the shivcha, then she gave birth. So the seller says that it was before I sold it, she gave birth. So the vlad belongs to me, and the other guy's silent. Zachaba. If they both say What if they both say Vadai? I know that the seller says it was born before I sold it, and the buyer says it was afterwards. The seller should take the oath that it was born in under his uh, watch. Mayor says that any that the general rule of shvua is you take shvua not to uh, to collect you take shvua to avoid payment and the mocher is the one who's being sued here by the lokeach I want the vlad also so the mocher takes the shvua that it was born beforehand and he keeps it but the chacham disagree because remember one of those cases was a shifcha and chacham say you can't take a shvua because you don't take a shvua on avadim and on a karka because avadim are like karka and that position of course is the remeir position in our mishnah and therefore uh, rav understood from this brayta and the brayta that approximated our mishnah that our mishnah had the positions reversed. Remeir is really of the opinion that Avadim are like Metalta and you could take a shvu on them. And Avadim should be treated like a behemoth and it shall be the same din. And Chacham are the one who distinguish and say that Avadim are like Karka and you can't take Shvua. And therefore Avadim are like Karka, Yisari Shalchal because Karka ain't an exelet. Now, hi halachak Rameir, halachak Rabbanon, but if that's the case, Rav shouldn't say halachak Rameir, Rav should say halachak Rabbanon, because after all he's ruling like his, what he's got is the Rabbanon. The answer is, Rav meant as follows. Based on the mistaken, in his mind, version that you have of Rameir and Rabbanon, I rule like Rameir, but it's really Rabbanon. Now, parenthetically, since when does Rav hold that Avadim are considered like Karka, meaning uh, taking the position that in Armish is Rameir's and his version is Rabbanon? Here we go. You grab somebody's evidence and you make him work. Patur, you don't owe the owner anything. If you think an avid is like karka, my patur, he's standing in the reshut of his master, meaning wherever the evid is, he is karka, and it's like, kind of like you grow somebody on something else's property. We're talking about a case where it was not during the time he's normally working. He sent the following question. He said, go ask Rav Huna the following. This that we had earlier. If a guy lives in another person's property, 
uh, person's courtyard, and the the owner doesn't know about it. Does he have to call him and say, "Listen, by the way, I camped out in your yard for a month. I'm gonna, I, sh- I have to pay you or not?" And the answer was, he doesn't have to say, to pay him. So in the same way, this evidence not working. You put him to work. You don't owe the owner anything. So that's not the same. I understand in that case. If it's because you'd rather have somebody living there. That, uh, that an empty house is sort of the beginning of destruction. In other words, both ways of saying that it's preferable for us to have somebody living there. So we understand why the owner of the chatzer really gains from having a squatter there. But here the owner has a slave, and now the slave is doing work for somebody else. That makes the slave weaker. So now he still wants it. Why? He doesn't want his evid to get used to in, to indolence. And the evid's not working at all. Let's say he's got the week off and he's sitting around doing nothing. And this guy grabs him, makes him work. It's actually a benefit for the owner. So now we have a story. Rav Yosef, the Rav Yosef, the Amora. People in his household, probably not him, but his servants, would go grab the slaves of people who owed him money. They make him work. Say, you're not going to pay, so we'll get it out of your oven. I'm only Rabbah Bray, so Rabbah, his son said to him, Why are you doing this? I'm a lady, I'm Rav Nachman, because he said, quoting Rav Nachman, He's not even worth the bread that you feed him. In other words, the master's not going to mind. So maybe Rav Nachman was talking about his own slave who used to go to the wine houses and dance and, and, and was, wasn't nearly as productive as he was uh, expensive. But we said that about all Avadim. The answer is, I was holding Rav as we just saw. We see that a person is actually happy that you put his Evid to work if he's not working, and the, the, the Avadim that my guys put to work are sitting around doing nothing. So we're getting some benefit out of it. In the meantime, we don't owe the guy anything. That's Mutter. That's only true if you don't, the guy doesn't owe you anything. But since the other fellow owes you something and you're putting his habit to work and you're still going to collect the full amount, looks like ribik. Even though we said that halacha, that Rafuna said, that if you if somebody squats in another fellow's courtyard without the guy knowing about it, he doesn't have to give him rent if nobody else is there. But if the fellow living in the in the chaser is a creditor, then he does have to pay because otherwise it looks like ribit. Amalei had ribit. Rav Yosef said, "Okay, I'll stop them. I won't do it anymore." You're right. Itmar tokes finatosha chaverof. A guy grabs another fellow's boat, and he used it for fairing or something. Amarav ratzas charanotel ratzas pichtanotel. Rav says it's up to the nigzal, the owner of the boat. He can either say, pay me all of the ferry fares and the uh, cargo fares that you collected, or pay me the wear and tear on the boat. Shmuel Amar, Eino Hotel El Pichta. Shmuel says, no, all you could take is the wear and tear on the boat. Now, uh, Amar Papa, Lo Pligi. The truth is, they don't disagree. Ha Davida Laagra, Ha Davida Laagra. If it's a boat that you used for hire, then you pay the what you gained. If not, then wear and tear. Could be both of them, both Rav and Shmuel are talking about a boat that's used for hire. And it's if you first took it to hire and then you kept it, you pay with the extra that you got. If you first took it as a then you have to pay the wear and tear. 
Okay, back in the Mishra, we said, Gazama peyav nistak nifsal. I'm Rav Huna, nistak, nistak mamash. What does nistak mean? Cracked. Cracked means physically cracked. Nifsal means psalto malchut. The government said you can't use these coins anymore, a particular face on the coin, whatever it is, out of circulation. Rav Yudamar, psalto malchut nami hanu nistak. He said, if the government invalidated it, that's also a cracked coin. So what's Nifsal in the last part of the Mishnah? That the local province won't use it, but another province will use it. So now Rav Huna gets challenged. You say Nifsal is, that the government invalidated it. Where is Nifsal? It's in the last clause of the Mishnah. The second clause of the Mishnah, which has things that got rotten but are still around, like fruit and wine, uh, that's like the government saying it's no good. And in that case, you pay you don't say right? So in other words, according to you, Nifsal should be in the second clause, not the third. In the case of the fruit, in the case of the wine, the taste, the smell, it, it's changed. It's clearly changed. Here, nothing's changed. It's the same coin, just the government made a rule. Now, Rav Yehuda gets challenged. You think that if the government says no good, it's nistak. After all, truma is in the last clause. And that's similar to psalto machut. And after all, you, according to you, if the government invalidated it, that's in the second clause, where you pay Kishat Why is it different? In the case of Truma, you can't say anything wrong with it. But here, where it's gotten cracked, you can see the, the damage. Okay. Let's say a guy lends money, and he uses, borrows money, and he uses a coin as collateral. And then the coin becomes out of circulation. Rav says you give him a coin that's used right now. He could say, go to the district where they still accept it, let's say Meshan, and use it there. Rav Nachman says, my Rebbe's ruling, Shmuel's ruling, would only make sense if the guy anyways is going to Meshan. In other words, it's not a, it's not a Etircha form of a late Leorcha, if he's not going there anyways, low. So, you can't do chilul masrot, transferring the kedusha of masr sheni onto coins on money that's not currently used. Ketzad, it's coins that are now collector's items, but not used. What's the implication? If you have current coins, but they're like these old coins, in other words, coins that are not accepted everywhere, mechalalin. Implication being, if there's coins that are valid anywhere, even though you're not go- the guy you're giving them to is not going anywhere, you're not going there to that place, you can still use it. So, we're talking about a case where the provinces don't mind doing business with each other and having people come back and forth. Therefore, if you have the coins here, you could use them there and they'll let you in. So, when did Shmuel say his halacha that uh, you could go there? If the if the provinces are makpid, then how could we say you could go to to Meishan and spend the money? How could he bring it there? You sneak them in that they don't check. It's only if they check and they find that they're makpid, but they don't regularly check. So if you have that kind of a custom situation, customs situation, then Shmuel would say 
that uh, you could tell the guy, you know what, you, you, I, I, I borrowed money on this coin, the coin's still good somewhere else, you can go take it over there. All right, we'll pause at this point. Everybody should have a wonderful day. We'll pick up and finish our analysis of Mishnah Bet in the next podcast.